Hello, and welcome back to the Glossy Week in Review podcast. I am your host, senior fashion reporter, Danny Parisi, and I'm here with Glossy's international correspondent. Is that what you are? International correspondent? International fashion reporter? I think it's either. I don't really know. I'm I'm here with Zofia Zviglinska, who is Glossy reporter in London. How are you, Zofia? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Great to be on. Good. Yeah, it's great to have you on again. Thank you so much. Um, Zofia, you're fresh off attending London Fashion Week. And just like Jill and I recapped New York Fashion Week last week, uh, this week, you and I are going to recap London Fashion Week. Although, obviously, I did not attend, so I'm going to be leaning on your experience there. But I watched from afar. I saw some of the articles. I saw some of the pictures. Um, yeah, I feel like there was a, a, a lot to talk about. The biggest thing, the biggest immediate thing that comes to mind, obviously, is that the queen died like a couple of days before the week was supposed to start. Um, tell me if I've got this right. It was like she died on the 8th and they're supposed to do 10 days of official mourning and which cuts right into the start of London Fashion Week, which was the 15th. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure there's like a lot to talk about there, but just off the start, like what were the what were the effects of that on on the week for you? Like was the mood somber? Like did it did it factor into a lot of people's shows and collections or people talking about it or I don't know, mm. what was the what was the vibe? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think that it definitely affected a lot of the shows. Um, most of the ones that I went to had some kind of a tribute to the Queen as one of the first looks or the last looks, like with Richard Quinn, um, who finished off London Fashion Week on Tuesday and had a whole kind of section um, dedicated to, you know, morning clothes. There was a whole black collection. There were veils and crowns and things. But also other designers did that too. And I think that, you know, most of the um, people kind of understood that because of the significance of this event, um, it would also mean that certain things that were kind of emblematic with Fashion Week, like street style photography or um, like parties and events, like all of those things were kind of cancelled or moved um, to kind of focus on the B2B element of Fashion Week. So it was just purely catwalk shows the whole time. Um, and obviously none, none of the shows happened on Monday, which was the Queen's funeral and a bank holiday in the UK. So did Richard Quinn just like already have a collection of black clothes being shown or did <laughs> do you think he threw that together last minute? Like, was he already doing a morning like um, <laughs> aesthetic I, at the show? I'm not sure, but I think that um, one of the kind of like Instagram accounts I follow that do like fashion news and like breaking news, I think that they said like quite a few days before the show that Richard Quinn would be doing um, a kind of all black collection or black and white collection. Um, so it might have been something that figured into the kind of design beforehand and then was just updated yeah. before the week. But I think that some of the other designers, it definitely was, you know, a spur of the moment thing. Like they would have a week, I think, essentially to create a number of looks or just one look um, or do something which would be dedicated to the queen. Yeah, that that was my impression of it as well, is that it was so shortly before the the week started that there probably was not a lot of time to do anything yeah. super elaborate. So that that's why it seems like a lot of it was more dedications and moments of silence rather than like a dedicated section of of the actual show. But but it sounds yeah. like some brands were able to pull off at least some, you know, like you said, one look or one section of the show. Yeah, um, definitely. I think it was like tributes or something like that. And yeah, there was, as you said, like there was a lot of minutes of silence. I think 
every single day, um, at least one of the shows had a minute of silence dedicated to the Queen. So I think it was very much kind of woven into, you know, the fabric of the thing. And obviously with Richard Quinn, like the main association there was that he was the person who received the Queen's inaugural, I think it's called the Queen Elizabeth II Design Award um, back in 2018. So I think he's a designer who's got a bit more of like a personal collection connection um, with the Queen specifically um, compared to the others who might not have had that like connection. Yeah, that that makes sense. Did they actually cancel parties and stuff? Like there was yeah. no parties happening? Yeah, literally. I think that there might have been some press parties, um, but mm-hmm. they were very much like unofficial. No photos were taken, no, nothing on social media. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, even like the street self-photography from based on like previous fashion weeks, I think it was quite muted. Like there was only a couple of... Mm-hmm like photographers at each of the shows and it didn't feel like it was kind of overwhelming like it usually does so I do think it things were generally paired back and I talked with um Caroline Rush who's the I think one of the CEOs of the British Fashion Council um and she said specifically that you know it's intentional that she worked um and the British Fashion Council worked with all of the designers to make sure that um the collections were paired back that there wasn't parties um and like the the general mood was meant to respect you know the occasion um especially leading up to the funeral so leading up to tuesday uh, monday sorry got it it's it's so interesting the idea that like it could like the entire week had to just be purely b2b because mm. that's so like i thought about this mostly with new york fashion week but i feel like it's a lot of the big fashion weeks have evolved far beyond being just about like connecting the brands with buyers because like yeah technically that's really what they're supposed to be right it's for them to show off to like buyers from department stores and stuff Mm. it's like a trade show essentially but it's like been decades since it's been just that you know it's all those big fashion weeks are very much still um oriented in part towards consumers and and the media and stuff like they they want them to be covered they want it to be uh yeah, like a spectacle. It's not just like for, you know, somebody from Harrods or something to come in and, and look at the stuff. So it's kind of, and this might be the first fashion week anywhere in a long time that has been just about that. But I mean, even then it's still not just about that because they're still allowing social posts and stuff. And, yeah, and people exactly. are like us are still following along and things like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, obviously it's something that again like a lot of the designers didn't have time to prepare for they had already created a lot of collections I think Harris Reed who's one of the kind of young and upcoming designers um and I think he's recently as of this week um taken over as creative director at Nina Ricci um I think that you know all of these um designers have said before the collections and once the uh, funeral was announced that they didn't want to lose the investment of time and money and everything that had gone into the shows um but they were you know still able to kind of do it respectfully and uh while still you know having a good show and um making sure that they were able to kind of pay homage to all of their work that had gone into things. Mm -hmm. There also were a bunch of brands that rescheduled or, or canceled entirely like Burberry and, and Raph Simmons, I feel like were the two that big ones that I saw that either moved their shows until later in the month, like Burberry and Raph Simmons did, 
did they reschedule or is it just no, canceled No, I think entirely? they've just canceled. I have been in touch with them, but I think that at the moment they haven't set an, alter- an mm-hmm. alternative date. Got it. I, I So I feel like, again, my experience with New York Fashion Week, I feel like for the last couple of years, we've been talking about um, designers moving further away, either from New York and showing elsewhere in the country or moving away from the week and showing in New York, but you know, a couple of weeks later or a couple of months later or a couple of months earlier or something and kind of like slowly dissipating, not dissipating, um, like, uh, what's the word when like a planet and a moon are like getting further apart from each other? I don't know. Um, sort of like, uh, diffusing or something, I guess, out into like space and time. Um, <laughs> weird way to put it, but, uh, do you feel like something like that is happening or could happen with London Fashion Week with, British designers thinking maybe we don't have to show in London, maybe we show elsewhere in the country, or we don't have to show during this week, we could show later in the month or next month or something like it. Is that something that's come up? Um, That's interesting, actually. I think that um, uh, with like US designers, I think that that's definitely a thing, but I haven't actually seen it that much in the UK. I, I do know that from back in my days and doing fashion journalism at uni, I, I know that it was a thing that, you know, that London is such a kind of key location for design and that maybe it would benefit the industry if things were a little bit more spread out, if, you know, either catwalk shows or collections or designers even um, were from different parts and were able to kind of bring in more um I guess, like local kind of contributions to the collections. I think that some of that did happen a little bit um, during lockdown, but that was mostly through, you know, digital films. It wasn't necessarily like a catwalk collection that was somewhere else in association with the British Fashion Council or any other kind of authority. So I think the UK has still got some time before it has other catwalk shows in different locations but you know in Europe that's already a thing um I think there are multiple uh French designers who are showing in places outside of Paris so potentially it could also become a thing for London it's just mostly about the fact that having all of these people like the press and buyers in you know one location is really useful for them um and especially you know after the number of fashion weeks and seasons that have been particularly difficult because of the varying economic um, issues or crises that, you know, affected the fashion industry. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm betraying my ignorance of the UK a little bit, but I'm like, where, if, if not in London, like where else in the UK would they even show? Like, is there much of a fashion presence in any other city? I'm not, I don't think that there would be anything major, but I know that, you know, there's a lot of people um, moving to Manchester, which is more up north. You could also do it in, you know, in Scotland, in Edinburgh or in other kind of regions there. I think there's a a number of designers who are Irish and are still showing at London Fashion Week. So again, doing something maybe slightly more rural, but on the other hand, a little bit more interesting location wise in Ireland or Scotland or you know, even somewhere like Manchester, um, would possibly be an alternative as well. Okay, good to know. Um, Another thing that I feel like I noticed is that there was a good mix of these kind of big established brands like Richard Quinn or something, and then a lot of cool, like, up-and-coming newer designers. I feel like London has, like, like, is always such a good um, bed of, like, 
young talent. Um, two that I I saw that I really liked what what I saw from them. I might be getting the pronunciations here wrong, but Chopova Loena and Nancy Dojaka were two that I I I think are both like quite new designers, but really liked what they what they showed, and it felt like there was a healthy mix of designers like that and and the the big established ones. Um, did you get to see a, a good mix when you were? bopping around to shows yeah definitely I think that you know London is particularly well known for its kind of emerging designer scene and you know that whole kind of like underground cool factor is very much instilled um I think in London fashion week and the fashion culture here um and you know Chipotle Lewin has been a massive brand I think everyone that I saw was wearing one of their skirts um at the show and the show itself was just very very fun I think it alluded to like punk and you know um I think it was like the girls who weren't cool at school essentially um but still into like rock and underground culture so very fun kind of references and Nancy on the other hand um is you know a massive star I think she's been seen on everyone from like Emmy Emily Ratchkowski who's um who actually closed the show this season um and her like bralettes and like little kind of sheer pieces um have just been really really popular I think she's got a lot of stockists all over the world um and it's just a growing brand that you know I would say at this point is almost like more established than some of the other players um at London Fashion Week we'll see there I I betray my ignorance again I'm like check out this cool indie designer (laughs) that no one's heard of and yeah um, so, okay, that's, those are some of the things that I wanted to ask you about specifically, but what else did you see at, at London Fashion Week? Anything else stand out to you mm. um, that was interesting or notable? I don't know. Yeah, of course. You're, you're the expert. I mean, I think that, you know, obviously it's such an important um, venue and it, it is maybe slightly less commercial um, than other locations around the world. So I think it gives it a very good platform for young designers who are promoting kind of value. So there's a lot of like dead stock collections, for example. So designers using um, collections from other brands or materials from other brands um, that haven't been like put out to market and they're able to rework them into new pieces. So for example, um, and Kutasaja, who does shoes, um, did a whole uh, ready-to-wear collection with the dead stock from Skims. Um, and that was really, really fun. And like the whole brand itself is all about kind of reworking existing materials into something new. And the shoes have already been, you know, again, worn by everyone and anyone um, at London Fashion Week and beyond. So I think that, you know, having more brands like that is really, really interesting. Um, and also, you know, from like a casting range as well, I think that New York Fashion Week is pretty diverse. Um, and sometimes London Fashion Week does kind of hit the nail on the head and does it really well when it comes to diverse casting and then other times it's not so good and you know everyone's kind of looking relatively similar I think this season there's there were definitely a few standouts who kind of made sure that their catwalk collections um were shown on people who are representative of you know the UK kind of population but also kind of wider as well um, and I think there was Sinead Odaya who showed on Tuesday um, and she had two models in a wheelchair um, as well as like a lot of kind of bigger plus size girls who just would have probably never made it on a catwalk anywhere else. And I think that London is such a great place to do that and to encourage that kind of body diversity. Um, it just makes a lot more sense from like a commercial standpoint, even like people want to be wearing these clothes that are beyond a size you know, for, like, why aren't you doing this? Um, 
And I think there was a number of other designers who all kind of celebrated, you know, female um, kind of sensuality and fluidity. And I think that all of that, bringing that into design is something that still hasn't been really like approached on like a commercial level. So I'm interested to see how all of these brands scale. But yeah, I mean, there's there's so many things to come out of Fashion Week. Like, I don't know what else I can talk about. <laughs> well, I actually have two two other things I did want to ask uh two things that I know are, are topics of interest to you, um, mm. which is sustainability and also like various metaverse kind of things. Um, yeah. to, to start with, was it, what was the presence like in terms of like NFT, metaverse, Web3, that whole kind of thing? Because I feel like at New York Fashion Week recently, it's been a big deal and everyone talks about it and tries to, you know, figure out a way to squeeze that into their show. Um, I could be wrong, but I felt like I didn't see quite as much at London Fashion Week, but I, I could be wrong. What did, what did you no, see? No, no, I think that's, honestly, that's absolutely right. At the main kind of British um, Fashion Council, London Fashion Week, I think that there wasn't almost any kind of NFT or Web3 presence. Um, there were, I think there was one show that happened yesterday, which was after kind of the official kind of London Fashion Week schedule that was meant to be kind of augmented reality. Um, and that was pretty interesting. Um, I'm blanking on the name of the designer right now, but I think that it's someone who's kind of more familiar in the digital space. Um, and then there were a number of events throughout the week. And I think that the only designer who had any kind of like metaverse or virtual elements in the collection um, was Colin Horgan, who showed um, his collection on... Tuesday um, through a virtual kind of work, uh, what's it called? Um, showroom, like a virtual showroom in the app Spatial. So you could literally go on your phone, um, have a like browse through the collection, see the catwalk, see all of the references, the press pieces. And it was all like built up in this like, um, I guess it would be kind of like a factory space. Um, but it was all made up and like had all of the visuals and imagery and videos. So really, really fun kind of way to do it and very convenient too. I think that from like a tech perspective that it also makes it very accessible because for the designers, it can you can see like what pieces the press um, are looking at, you know, what pieces the buyers are actually looking at and making orders for like right in that platform. Um, which is very interesting because I think that that's something that hasn't really been talked about talked about much. It's all about kind of like the imagery and the visuals of the metaverse rather than the kind of like technical applications of it and how it can help designers bringing in a little bit more of that business element into their collections because a lot of them are very skilled creatively. But on the other side of like that running the business, having those like tech tools is actually really useful for them so that they don't have to do that, you know, manually somewhere else. It can just be an automatic thing that is almost alongside their creative vision. Yeah. It, was this the one that you had posted about on Instagram or was that something else? Yeah. I feel like I saw on your Instagram the other day some yeah, that was the metaverse one. looking thing. Yeah, yeah, that was the one. There was another event that happened on Sunday um, called Picnic and it was with a metaverse brand and it basically consisted of a lot of different panels about the metaverse and talking about the different ways that the creative industries could use Web3 in the future. And they had a lot of like different screens and they showed a digital fashion collection, I think on Sunday. I, th I can't remember how many looks there were, but it was, it was a huge, huge amount. So I think that maybe that's something that 
you know, that the organisers of London Fashion Week could potentially look at again. But honestly, I think a lot of the um, the collections this time around were almost a, a celebration of physicality and like being there in person, touching clothes. Like a lot of the um, appointments were, you know, to actually see and touch the clothes rather than even doing a catwalk show. So having more of these intimate spaces where, you know, you get to meet and greet the designers um, and have a look through everything and be very much in real life. Yeah, it is an interesting tension, I think, between the desire to, like you say, return to physicality and everyone's mm. excited that there's shows and events and stuff in person. And then to like have people show up in person and be like, look, it's like a video game that you can <laughs> play. This like seems a little bit like two different instincts pulling fashion at the same time. Um, yeah. I kind of feel like I've seen some a little bit less interest in metaverse stuff in general over the last couple of months, but um, I don't know. It could just be kind of, you know, a slow burn sort of thing. Yeah, I think so. Last thing, uh, was there any sort of um, interesting sustainability kind of plays on, on the, the runways that you saw, either like weird materials or recycled mm. stuff, anything like that? Yeah, definitely. I think that a lot of the designers had um, incorporated recycled materials. As I mentioned, like the dead stock before was uh, a big theme. So I think that that's something that a lot of designers are looking at. And a lot of them are partnering with um, companies who are developing materials to also kind of bring that to light. So I think it's something that they're all working on, but it's not necessarily coming out their collections. It's something that they're doing in partnerships, which is really nice because I kind of thought that after the pandemic, things would kind of go back to being siloed and like all of these industries would kind of separate out again. But it seems like that is actually, you know, a bond or a partnership that has continued even now. Um, and I think especially with young designers who are looking at sustainability um, throughout their collections, they're really thinking about what they're using. Um, I think even with some of the larger um, brands, they're also thinking about how they're doing things and like working about bringing more sustainability elements into the actual materials and how they're making clothes. And London's a great place to do that in general because, you know, it's one of the only, I think, fashion weeks where that idea of, like, exploration is celebrated. And I think that that development, testing, trying new things, being a little bit kind of unconventional and rebellious, like, that's what London is all about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sophia, thank you so much for walking us through your your experience there, helping us recap it. Um, and thank you to all of you for listening uh, to the Glossy Week in Review podcast. If you have not given us a rating and a review, please do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. That helps a lot. And if you would like, you could subscribe to the Glossy Podcast as well. You'll hear the Week in Review episodes every Friday. And our editor-in-chief, Jill Manoff, interviews some interesting, cool person in the industry every Wednesday. Sophia, thank you so much again for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you.